when we're talking about frontline communities, we're talking about those communities that perhaps don't even have an iPhone to listen to this podcast or perhaps don't even have the internet to do so. Perhaps they're hungry still and struggling with their parents in a place that doesn't even have hot water. So to me, when you talk about climate change and those who are at the front line, I think institutions and people that are able to put together these things, myself included, have the privilege to be able to do this and we're pretty distant from those individuals. Greetings everyone, my name is Alfredo Gonzalez Valenzuela and you are now at the Climate Frontline. At the Climate Frontline, you'll have an opportunity to get to know people and in a little bit, you'll get to know a little bit about me. We're going to be interviewing people and get to know them through their work. We're going to seek to understand their addiction and their stories. I'm also going to be centering the frontline communities in their work and asking critical questions, which may turn into difficult conversations as well. I will inquire about what their role is and how it is changing. And ultimately, we will also get to know them as who they are, as people. The Climate Frontline has four main audiences. One of them is youth who are going to graduate college or are enrolled in college right now. There's also organizers, whether you're running campaigns, groups, clubs, organizations... And so once you get into organizations, of course, uh, the third being change agents who are there catalyzing change and doing great work. I know many of them. A hello to them. And lastly, being the environmental or sustainability professionals. Those are the four groups that I am looking to engage with and... Yeah, I'm excited because I have a good list of people that I will be interviewing already, and I foresee that that list will change and more forward time. I am really excited to talk to all these folks because ultimately I'm I'm not an expert in all these fields. So I my my hope with this is that I will have an opportunity to talk to many of them and educate myself about other issues that are related to environmental justice as well as youth advocacy because I think as a facilitator I need to be able to know these things and, and understand the, the not only the concepts but also my role and where is it that we need help where is it that we collaborate and how is it that we collaborate okay so that's a little bit about the podcast I'm going to pivot now to myself since I think it's only fair that I answer some of the questions that I'm going to be posing speakers. So I thought what would be fascinating would be to 
have you hear how my family members experience the work that I do. Yeah, I interviewed my parents, both of my parents and my two siblings. We're going to start off here with my parents, see what they have to say on the question, what is it that I do? Mami, ¿qué es lo que yo hago? Ok, hijo, de lo que percibo que estás haciendo ahora después de haber terminado tu maestría, eh, pienso que te estás preparando en buscar un trabajo, opciones, eh, viendo eh, postings uh, que van de acuerdo a lo que estás buscando. Te estás preparando para las entrevistas, estás preparando proyectos, materiales de presentación y formas de trabajo. Estás buscando ser equipo con otras personas para poder trabajar en un propósito. Estás estudiando, estás mejorando tus presentaciones en tus entrevistas. Siempre te, le te veo leyendo, preparándote y también aprendiendo mucho de lo que es informática, marketing. Creo que tú haces mucho por el trabajo de preservar la tierra, de cuidar el medio ambiente de sensibilizar y educar a los ciudadanos a tener mejores hábitos eh, en relación a cuidarte tu salud, en hacer uso debido de los productos, de los servicios y también de los desechos. En la parte de más que todo de ver dónde va el recycle por diferentes uh, eh, productos o desperdicios de la otra parte es que tienes una noble actitud de querer ayudar a la gente joven que entiendan que para el futuro lo que va a subsistir en la tierra va a ser en beneficio de todos pero la gente joven tiene que entender viendo un futuro y de buscar alternativas eh, de sobrevivir en la tierra porque no sabemos lo que se viene, de enfrentar los factores esenciales de la vida y cada vez entender más y cumplir una ley que nosotros los viejos o los adultos no lo pudimos hacer. I think it's really important for people to hear other languages and at least I know that a handful of people in, in my networks are looking to practice some Spanish. So I hope that those words of my parents allowed you to practice or at the very least you appreciate it. <laughs> I think if I was to summarize what I heard from my parents, I would say that they are fully aware that I just graduated from an MBA program. I would also say that they feel pretty aware about the initiatives that I have taken in my life, whether that's through waste or a business or environmental science program. One thing that is, I think, exemplified in their answers is the fact that they care about education because they invested in coming to the U.S. and immigrating and allowing the kids, you know, us, to have an opportunity to even learn and be able to put together a podcast you know it's a it's a learning journey that not many people have and so of course I have my siblings also who have given me some of their thoughts 
here. So I, I actually think that's a really interesting question because I heard someone recently say that in the United States, we tend to talk about our careers a lot or our jobs when someone asks that question. They automatically think that you're talking about work. And I feel like American culture is always about work. So to answer that question in a sense that it isn't about your job or career, I would say that Alfredo is a learner. Um, and it's kind of funny because when I think about Alfredo, I don't feel like he's defined by his job or career. So that's not really the first thing that comes to mind either. But I think Alfredo has always been a learner, either through traveling or actually in school or outside of school. I feel like he's always stri strived to educate himself, whether it's by traveling or reading books. I feel like Alfredo's always just out to learn more um, and apply that to his career and to his lifestyle. So yeah, that's how I would define Alfredo. I don't know what you do, but I do see that you are a strategist. You manage, you coordinate what other businesses are doing with environmental sustainability in a nutshell. That's what you do. So yeah, according to them, I guess I'm a learner and I am a strategist, which is kind of a facilitator. So I guess I will take that. That was my family members talking about what I do. Now on the topic of diction and stories. Language is the first weapon that's drawn in conflict. It's also what keeps people together, communities together. So... For me, diction is really important as I understand and engage with these audiences because when we're talking about frontline communities, we're talking about those communities that perhaps don't even have an iPhone to listen to this podcast or perhaps don't even have the internet to do so. Perhaps they're hungry still and struggling with their parents in a place that doesn't even have hot water. So to me, when you talk about climate change and those who are at the front line, I think institutions and people that are able to put together these things, myself included, have the privilege to be able to do this. And we're pretty distant from those individuals. So diction, I think, for me is key to really communicating and understanding not only the urgency but also what's going on at the front line because people are fighting at the front line and have been fighting at the front line for a long time. A lot of them end up being killed and there's many leaders throughout Latin America that that's the case, even leaders here in the United States where that's the case. So those stories, right, diction and stories, I would say, are stories that need to be told. And if we're not intentional about the actual stories that need to be told and the words we use in telling those stories, I would argue that it's really challenging to be telling the actual stories because as a, just like a phone game, you can say a sentence to a person, but at the end of 10 people, it could sound completely different. 
So those are more or less my thoughts on diction and stories. Another thing that, you know, as you think, as you think about diction and stories, of course, one thing that comes up is books. So books that come to mind that could be good reference to have dialogue as we create this space. I thought the book, for example, the book, The Rebellion of Tupac Amaru in Cusco is one that allowed me to understand the political landscape of Cusco, my hometown. Another one I think that is relevant is Carbon Democracy, as it really paints the picture of how democracy was utilized to move through Latin America for purposes that were not necessarily good, I should say. Of course, there was Operation Condor throughout Latin America, Topics that I think are now uh, more well known in the environmental spaces or or sustainability spaces as the shock doctrine, of course. I think uh, J- Jason Hickel kind of hint- hints at that through the book The Divide. But ultimately, those struggles that you find, whether it's in Peru or the Altiplano or other parts of Latin America, as we will... as as you will hear in this podcast, is uh, all inter- very much interconnected and interwined with the struggles here. So if we're t- talking about, for example, uh, leaders like uh, Malcolm X or Asada Shakur, Angela Davis, of course, the modern uh, Black Lives Matter movement is all these issues that are connected and part of systems. And I just thought I'd put these books and authors and leaders out there simply because it may be good to also create some some context, right? Some context to build and, and at least be able to point to to understand how people are navigating these problems because addressing the problems of climate change are tough. They create they they need creative answers and in some ways some of those answers and the best ideas are simple ideas and so for frontline communities who want to come up with innovative solutions they i've seen a lot of examples where they lean on what has been done in the past to adopt to these changes and i think that's a nice segue to you know, the travels in Latin America that I had in my hometown in Cusco uh, and in the Andes Mountains, the glacier meltdown leads to no access to water. In Bolivia, where I visited, you can find the largest lithium mine in the world in Salar de Uyuni. There is so much salt and it's really crazy. I would encourage you to go check it out if you have an opportunity you move to Peru, uh, you move through Bolivia, you go to Colombia and Las Farg finally reaching peace in Colombia. And the stories that I got to hear there about the times in which there was still war was just devastating. If you go visit Costa Rica, wow, it's like a very interesting uh, scene because there's just such a Western dominant culture there it's it's pretty crazy to to experience when i visited there 
I love the Costa Rican people and, uh, you know, had a wonderful time with them, played a lot of soccer. It was interesting to navigate the traumas and violence through Nicaragua, Honduras, and Guatemala. I would say that I still have friends there that are important connections to me. And wow, like it, it, it starts getting into a place of discomfort, right? Like who comes into a podcast to listen to discomfort? Of course, we're here to face the discomfort and understand it, sit on, on that uncertainty and hopefully get to a place where you can see in the systems that you influence that, that there may be things that you can influence to make sure that you have positive outcomes out there. But of course, in Mexico has a rich history of that's rooted in jade and cacao. And yeah, my feelings coming out of traveling through Latin America, because I was reading a book. Uh, the book is called The Open Veins of Latin America. And I wanted to read this quote to you because I really, I, I, I think it encapsulates what I was seeing. And the quote reads, as lung, as lungs need air, the U.S. needs Latin American minerals. And the, this past year, I got a chance to visit all these countries. I would say that, you know, I got to see a lot of frontline communities, frontline communities, at least outside the U.S. Of course, inside the U.S., there is still on the underdeveloped world, and it's in many parts of uh, outskirts of cities or urban areas. And I think the term redlining probably gets at many of these neighborhoods, whether you want to call them quote-unquote ghettos or quote-unquote barrios or quote-unquote Chinatowns. Of course, there's a big history of urban planning and redlining throughout the United States. And I guess I say that just because I'm excited to just dive into other topics, right? Uh, a little bit about what I thought on what my role is in all this. I think now that you've listened to both a little bit of the Latin America and America, or I should say United States context, I see my role as one of being a facilitator really because you have, you're master of two worlds, right? You have one world in one side and one world in the other. And the cook, cooking is different. Food is different. Language is different. The way of living is different. So I see myself very much as a facilitator in, in, in the way I operate and, and exist. And so with that comes this clarity, right? This clarity that when you get to the United States, you are all of a sudden flooded with advertisements, media, marketing campaigns, and just a whole different way of being. And I, I, I can see the narrative that's created. The narrative, um, I think, having been given the experience of uh, being in academic spaces where papers are written, so many of us get tired of reading the same old story, right? Carbon emissions and the greenhouse gases and the IPCC report and all of a sudden all these slang terms start coming out of your mouth. And again, it's language that's coming there and creating a narrative. And so when we think about people at the front line, 
it's a line that's written in some report and it's often talked about like you fully understand it. I would say, you know, that those people are the ones that are best positioned already fighting and, and creating sustainable solutions. And in or, there's an, there's an art, right? An art of engaging these communities in a way that takes away the savior mentality that likes to grab headlines and shifting that narrative is, is a space that we need more voices in. As a person, of course, you've gotten to know me through the past couple minutes in this first podcast, but I would describe myself as an environmental justice leader, you know, uh, taking a look at both sides of this coin. I would also describe myself as a youth advocate, simply because youth are the future and they should be invested in for many different reasons around sustainability, justice, and and taking action uh, towards climate action or climate change, I should say. And it's a process that you really need to be able to facilitate, right? So I'm also a facilitator in that space. So who is Alfredo? Alfredo is my grandpa's first name. Gonzalez is my dad's side of the family last name. And Valenzuela is my mom's side of the family last name. And I just thought it was so important to put all these three words together and really put myself out there completely because I cannot exist without one side or the other. And when we're thinking about shifting a narrative, I think it's important to be clear about the words you use and be intentional about the message you're trying to communicate. And I just wanted to summarize this episode by just saying, you know, that, um, yeah, I'm all in Alfredo Gonzalez Valenzuela and let's do this. Let's uh, talk with some folks, create some conscious, have difficult conversations. And ultimately, my hope is that we can create a space where we can give each other feedback and learn. Folks, welcome to my community. I am really excited to get started and speak with different leaders across industries. If you have a second, please check out the website www.climatefrontline.com where you can find out more about the podcast, about myself. You can also suggest future guests for the show and questions you may want to ask in future episodes. So I am excited to get that going. Thank you so much. The communities who are experiencing the worst effects of climate change are those who are best positioned to innovate solutions. Thank you for tuning in and being part of Changing the Narrative. See you next time at the Climate Frontline. Yeah.